This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, your essential source for high-quality vitamins, sports nutrition, and more. Good morning. I'm Dr. Claudia. You're listening to The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Thank you for tuning in. Well, every week on the show, I talk to experts, authors, and entrepreneurs who give us insight and tips on how to live our best life, because that's what the wellness prescription is. It's my prescription, if you will, for how to live a balanced, wholesome life. And for me, it comes down to the healthy mind, the healthy body, and of course, the healthy spirit. So it's not only about eating right and moving a lot, it includes how you feel about your life, the people in it, and how your body reacts. Joining me today on the show is Melanie Pump. She is the CFO of Plank Ventures and the author of Detox, Managing Insecurity in the Workplace. Hello, Melanie, and welcome to The Wellness Prescription. Hi, Dr. Claudia. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm really in- intrigued and excited to hear about your story because it's very interesting. And I'm curious to know and want to share with the listeners what brought you, what led you to where you are today, and how did your life experiences lead you to your life and career? Well, yeah, so my life did start out a little bit rocky. Uh, in, when I was very young, my family declared bankruptcy, and we never really recovered from that situation. So by the time I was 15, I was already out of my family home, and, and that led to me dropping out of high school. So definitely unfortunate outcomes for a young girl. But um, although, you know, my life was troubled, my, my parents had really ingrained strong values in me. So I knew that I, I had more to give and that I could contribute to a greater degree. So I, I finally, when I was about 18 years old, lifted myself out of that and started trying to build a, a better life for myself. But what that meant is I went into the corporate environment, you know, at, at a disadvantage, or at least that's how I felt. So I really understand how hard it is to get ahead and what it feels like to have that imposter syndrome. Um, and so that's really guided me as I've gone through in, in my career, is really understanding you know, how hard it is for people and what it takes to be successful. And so you have 20 years of corporate experience and you have seen both positive work environments and toxic ones also. So like how have, the, how, mm-hmm. uh, have each of these experiences shaped you and your role as a leader? Yeah, it's just been significant. And, you know, lucky for me, um, when I started, I ended up in healthy work environments. I didn't even really understand the concept of toxic or healthy at that time, but I fortunately landed in healthy ones with really supportive leaders who uh, who wanted to see me grow. Um, and that, with that support, you know, even me with a high school dropout was able to be successful. So that shaped my leadership today because I don't discount anybody. I find the strength in every person and really help them build that build that confidence. So I, I learned that really young, but then later on in my career, I ended up in some toxic work environments, and you know that validated the other side of the situation. I, I saw people who could be really high performers were floundering in those environments, and even me, who had able to been successful and get promoted and do really well in, in a healthy workplace, all of a sudden felt like oh, my old insecurities come back, and I went into protection mode, and I wasn't able to be as successful as I was in those early healthy environments. So that is why now I put so much focus on ensuring that I create a safe workplace for my employees. You know, it's interesting because we spend more time at our workplace than we do in our homes. And so our work environment should really be supportive. I'm a firm believer of that um, because it helps us thrive both at work as well as outside as well. So how does the work environment impact the productivity of a business? 
And man, there's so many things that get impacted. And, you know, as starters, if a work environment is toxic, employers are going to be much less likely to collaborate with each other. And collaborate is so, collaborating is so important in um, strategies and buy-in on projects. So if you have a, a negative environment, that, that's going to be a lot less. Um, employees are also likely to become more defensive in a, in a negative work environment because they're in protection mode. So they won't take constructive feedback as well. They won't take that, you know, during performance evaluations. They may not even be able to hear some of the feedback that their leaders give them, which, which makes them less able to change their behaviors and grow their careers. Um, those are just a couple of them. There's also, you know, people are going to be much less willing to speak up and share their ideas, which is going to reduce innovation. Um, there's really an endless list of, of neg- negativity that can come from a toxic workplace. So I have I, I run my own business as well. I have two clinics and I have a great team. But let me tell you, that has been years in the making. And you've had, you know, you've had good years, bad years. You've had great employee, you know, morale. Um, but as a business owner, I thrive and I try to keep my environment happy and healthy and supportive. And you made a really good point that you want to bring out the best in your employees because you want them to, you know, you want to feed off of their areas of their own strengths. So as a leader, um, I want to encourage my staff to do that. But sometimes, you know, it's challenging. So what do you recommend to somebody like me who's running a smaller business? One of, one of the main things that I really focus on now is, is transparency. Because I feel like my employees, they want to feel valued. They want to feel trusted. So, if, and, you know, the COVID is actually a really great example of that because it's been difficult for leaders to decide how to communicate with employees um, during this difficult time. And I really believe in, in transparency, which includes sharing the good news and sharing the bad news. Um, that way, employees will, will have some trust in, in the environment and know that you are looking out for them and, and sharing with them the problems, too. That can really do a lot to boost morale. It may sound a bit weird, but if employees feel like you're hiding information from them, uh, that's just going to create, create negativity. So that's sort of at an overall level. I really believe in, in high transparency. You know, on a more tactical level, you know, making sure that we're recognizing and valuing employees uh, is really important. Making sure you say thank you when a job is well done. Um, but also just those simple acts of saying good morning and checking in with somebody midday. Uh, those things can go a long difference in boosting morale as well because people feel, feel seen and they feel, feel part of the team. It's it, it makes so much sense. And in our own clinics, like we kind of have now, especially now, because we can't meet in person all the time, but we have like a kind of a group chat and we start the day off like we can do this. We're here to help people, uh, you know, and we try to encourage each other. But we've had the experience where there's just the one bad apple that's making it difficult to bring the team up because there'll be a side chat or a side comment. How do we, how do I, as a business leader, kind of help my, help my team not be affected by the one bad apple? And how do I deal with the bad apple? I, and I hate to say bad apple, but how do I deal with that in one negative person? Yeah, and, and this just really does happen often, and, and so dealing with it is not easy. But the first thing I recommend is, you know, often I do like to say there's not necessarily toxic people. There's toxic behaviors. And usually that person is reacting to something. So whether it's coming in the work environment that's making them defensive or protective, or it could be something in their personal life, you don't know which it is. But the first thing I would say is take a look at the environment and make sure there isn't something that's triggering this person to be toxic, because those are things that you can address. So, you know, for example, if they're not getting performance feedback and that's making them really insecure, so they're getting defensive, um, that could make them toxic. 
So first I'd look at those things, and, uh, and then if you don't identify anything in the work environment that is causing it, then I would recommend you know, talking to the person and, and let them know how their behaviors are impacting the environment and their coworkers. They may not even realize it. I think often, you know, we, we have behaviors and we don't see how it's impacting those around us. So if you give them the opportunity to improve, they, they may. So first giving them that, and then, of course, unfortunately, if none of those things work, then a more formal improvement plan, you know, may be required. Uh, but first I would take those steps. Yeah, I, I like that approach. And I feel like sometimes when you actually, you know, approach a person who may be going through something and who may not even really be aware of how their behavior is impacting, they really make a turnaround. But I've also had the experience in that, you know, I have developed empathy over the years. I've learned to understand each one of my team members. So I kind of get to know them on a personal level. Like, what do they like? What's their family like? What do they do on their free time? I feel like that helps me understand them and will help them perform better at work. But how do I get my team to understand that everybody has a different story, a different past that could be affecting them on the day-to-day? Well, doing what you're already doing is great. You know, modeling modeling that behavior is huge. Uh, the leader sets the tone for the whole organization. So your employees are going to look to you as to what, what are the behaviors that are acceptable in the organization and learn from that. So so that is really, really important. Um, separate from that, I would say, you know, setting, setting values. So actually working with your team and setting values that the organization is going to live by. I mean, you're very clearly articulating, um, you know, if that's recognition or transparency, you know, what are those values that are, that are accepted? And then when you see employees that are exhibiting those values, as you would expect, uh, recognizing that. Because if, if just like you're modeling that behavior, if other team members see that someone else who's modeling that behavior is getting recognized, they'll hopefully start to learn from that. I agree. I try to I try to behave the way I would love my team to behave. When we come back, Melanie's new book, Detox, Managing Insecurity in the Workplace. This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 105.9 The Region or email us info at 1059theregion.com. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. So before the break, Melanie Pump and I, CFO of Plank Ventures, she shared her story and some tips on how to create a positive, healthy workplace. Her new book, Detox, Managing Insecurity in the Workplace, is coming out soon. So Melanie, in your book, you discuss how being in a toxic environment is no doubt unhealthy and what the negative impacts of a toxic environment can have on mental health. So let's kind of go through that. What can it do to your mental health as a leader and the mental health of your team? Yeah, toxic work environments can have a significant impact on our mental health. I mean, I can tell you personally, when, when I've worked in these environments, I've really seen my anxiety increase, and the same can occur with, with depression. If you're living in, in negativity um, and you're aware of threats all day long, that's going to put you into a permanent sort of fight or flight instinct uh, where you're always trying to figure out where danger is. And that's not, that's not healthy for our psyche at all. Um, I, I do believe that because of that, people will then start using coping mechanisms, which, which can increase uh, addictive behaviors, such as utilizing things like alcohol. So it really can be detrimental to someone's personal life. And so like these toxic environments and these, and like, 
can happen with either leaders as well as the team. So I've had the experience where I've had a leader, a boss, who I felt was not helping me be my best and was actually kind of toxic to the team. Is it kind of like a 50-50 split? Can you have like the boss being toxic to the team and vice versa? It's, it, it, it's hard to say exactly what, what, that, what that split is, but you can look at it, you know, what has the greatest impact. And certainly when a leader is toxic, it has the greatest impact. As, as we were just discussing, you know, leaders are the ones who model the behavior. So if a leader is modeling toxic behavior, it's much more likely, likely that other people on the team are also going to model it. So um, it, both, both definitely occur, but when a leader does it, it's much more impactful to an organization. And so what are some examples of a toxic behavior in a workplace? Yeah, so there's the ones that, that always come to mind. There's the bullying, uh, harassing, demeaning, uh, shaming, and, and micromanaging type behavior, which, which typically does get aligned to a, to a leader or to a boss. But there also are more subtle behaviors that can be also really toxic. You know, passive-aggressive is one of them. If people are consistently passive-aggressive, it can be really confusing to people. They don't, you're getting mixed messages. You don't know if the person is intent, intentionally uh, being difficult with you. So that's really damaging. Um, also, you know, if you just have somebody who's continually breaking your trust, um, that is also quite toxic. And uh, another common one is exclusion. Um, if people are getting excluded from events, their peers are leaving them out of meetings, leaving them out of social events, uh, that, can, that can get quite toxic in a work environment. I agree with that. And I feel like that happens a lot more than we know. And it's like, imagine kids in a playground when one child is excluded. Actually, the behavior is the same in a workplace. There's nothing worse than being excluded and not feeling like you're part of a team when essentially that's why you're in a work environment because you want to be part of this team. Um, as a boss, Absolutely. right? I, I mean, I would never exclude a person. And Sometimes you at work, I feel like you don't have to have everything in common with your team members because we're all different people. But for the sake of work, just to make work more fun, we kind of have to find a common ground. So exactly, what I try to do in my own business is previously, we're trying to come up with a new way of doing this, but like kind of team building. So we'd usually go to like um, um, a trampoline place or we'd have a baseball Sunday where we'd all get out there and play softball together. I mean, that's gotten a little difficult in the last year, but do you recommend that as a way to team build and bring people's morale up? It definitely. I do recommend having having events, but also working to build peer-to-peer connections as well. Um, you know, not, you know, reality is not everybody's going to want to do certain, certain social events, but having you know, team meetings, um, offering to make connections across the organization so people feel like they're connected with people in other departments. Uh, one company I was at actually had a, had a coffee card that would routinely go around the office and get passed from person to person, and they would have to ask somebody who they'd never really had a discussion with to go for coffee. And, and that built connections because uh, you never know what you have in common with somebody until you sit down and actually have a chat with them. So small efforts like that can just increase the, the increase, inclusion in the, in the organization. And I guess as a boss or as the leader of a company, how, how do you recommend handling like the one toxic um, behavior or the one employee who's exhibiting toxic behavior? Yeah, like I said, I always try to um, be thoughtful about these things and not automatically. We have a tendency to judge judge others and, and usually toxic behaviors because somebody is going through something difficult or has gone through something difficult. So first, you know, trying to see if there's something in the environment uh, that is triggering them. 
and, and then letting them know how that behavior is impacting the organization overall and potentially reminding them of the benefits programs that, that are available because, you know, many benefits programs these days offer, offer counseling uh, and maybe it's something that that person just needs to work through. So giving them the opportunity to do that before you get into the formal plan of, of uh, potentially moving them towards an exit, um, seeing if you can work with them and, and figure out what the root of the problem is. That's a great idea. It's just a gentle way of getting somebody to maybe change their behavior or recognize where they could improve or maybe, you know, be better at work. I love that. So you feel that businesses and their employees are not reaching their full potential. This needs to change. So what are the changes that need to happen? I, I think first off, we really, you know, as leaders, we need to realize the impact that we have we have on people. I, I, I think you know, an old school version of, you know, people just have to, you know, grin and bear it and fight through it. But negativity and bullying really impacts people on a subconscious level and can put them into defensive modes that makes them completely unproductive because they're focused on increasing their security rather than doing their job. So I think leaders really need to understand how they impact employees. Um, and then separate from that, then, okay, well, how do we work on increasing the security in the workplace? And like I mentioned, you know, transparency I find is really important. Making sure the employees understand the future of the business and their role in that business. You know, don't leave them guessing if they have a if there's a career or a long-term career within there. Really talk about it. Um, transparency should also include regular performance discussions that are open and honest, where you let people know not only um, their weaknesses, though, but also communicate on their strengths, so you can work together to really maximize those strengths. Um, and, you know, another thing that's critically important is there's zero tolerance policy on, on bullying behaviors. Um, I think too many organizations let them go because it comes from a, a highly productive employee or a top leader. And I think we need more recognition that no matter how productive an employee is, if they're bullying and creating toxicity in a broader environment, the deterioration of performance of the other people in that workplace, it, it, it's, it's not offsetting the, the benefit that you're getting from that one person. I agree with that. And, you know, there are, there are situations and scenarios that I've been aware of where there's a great, strong employee, great at, you know, what they do, you know, excels at everything and just kind of feels like because of that, they have um, a superpower above everybody else. That really can be horrible for the other employees who are kind of struggling, who maybe have other issues going on. How do we handle a situation like that where you have this really star employee, but is just not being a team player? Yeah, I mean, it does. I've seen it happen many times, and and uh, you know, it comes back to some some of those same things is, is trying to figure out why, making sure they understand their impact. Because the thing about really highly productive employees is they may have never been given the feedback about their negativity because they've they've always just been told they're doing great, so they don't even realize or maybe don't know um, how how they're impacting others. So again, I think it's you know trying to help communicate to them how they're impacting the other people and then that it's not acceptable because they just may never have been told before. That's a really good point. And so you you talk about in one of your blogs five defense mechanisms commonly used in the toxic work environment. So what are those five mm -hmm. defense mechanisms? 
Now, so defense mechanisms like that, there's things they tend to be things we use unconsciously. We don't even realize we're using them, and we use them when we're in a fearful state. So uh, one of what I mentioned is, is anticipation. So this is when we are always trying to prepare. So, for example, if you have a boss who, who tends to publicly bully or demean you, um, you may be being uh, trying to anticipate anything that might set them off, thinking about like what could happen, what is this, what is that, rather than focusing on your work. So that wastes a, a lot of time. Um, another one I talk about is denial. Um, sometimes if we're in a, if we're already in a weakened, you know, mental state, we're going to deny any information that, that can make that worse. Um, so we may, uh, if there's, for example, a project or something that needs to be done to, in the workplace to improve things, but doing that project is going to put you, you're going to have to work with a toxic person, you may deny the benefits of that project just because you don't want to work with that person. You'll, you know, you'll make up excuses as to why, um, why that's actually not a good idea. Um, another one that we do is, is avoidance. Uh, we, we all know what that is. Um, if there's somebody in the workplace that you don't like working with, you're going you're gonna to avoid doing that at all costs. If there's a task that you, um, that you don't like, you might procrastinate about it. Now, the other one that we quite often use is, is avoidance. And again, if there's somebody, say a toxic person, or if there's a task that we feel really insecure about, we may avoid, avoid that task, avoid that person. Procrastination is actually a form of avoidance. Uh, if you really, if you're fearful about a task, you might find tons of reasons why it doesn't move to the top of your priority list. Uh, another one is uh, rationalization. We can rationalize a lot of things. One that I've seen in a workplace is, you know, often because we really do need our job, we may find ways to rationalize that a boss or a coworker who's bullying us, uh, we might make up excuses for them, you know, like they didn't mean to, to say that to have it be so hurtful or even blame yourself uh, to being oversensitive because you don't want to face the fact that, that the situation is really that bad. So you're hurting yourself by rationalizing that, but you're justifying uh, why you, you stay in that environment. Another one that's a defense mechanism that's also highly toxic is, uh, is passive aggr aggressiveness. So people use that because they're avoiding direct, direct conflict. But it's also toxic in the workplace because um, the person who's sort of the recipient of that of that behavior doesn't know how to take the comments and it's missed signals. It can be really confusing to people. And so, I mean, those are all great, uh, you know, you've given great tips, you've explained how people can react. But is there a point, though, when an employee is just not a good fit and it's best to part ways? Absolutely, and, and then that can happen if there's a if there's a values misalignment. You know, co companies all have different goals and ways of operating. Um, you know, I've been in organizations who are, who are really fo focused on growth, and when they're focused on that, you know, sometimes there there's um, there may not be as focused on on people or certain values. They may not have time for transparency. So somebody who really needs transparency, for example, may not function well and become insecure in that environment. Um, there, you know, there's a there's sort of a yin and a yang between an employer and and the employee, and if that fit isn't isn't good, then sometimes you do need to part ways. Yeah, I, I, I've had this experience myself, and you try and try and try, and you really are hopeful, but if it's kind of ruining and creating an environment that's not healthy for all of us, then it's time, yeah, I, we felt that way too, and it was time to kind of part ways, but we did it, you know, obviously kindly in the best possible way that you can, but sometimes you have to take that, you know, risk of losing an employee to gain the, the respect and the team that you kind of crave and want in your business, so... Um, Absolutely. And, and I think that's one thing that we sometimes overlook because 
we get really focused on that one person that we forget that it's actually impacting everybody else around that person. Other people may have, be having to work harder to compensate for somebody that doesn't have the right skill set, or they may be um, you know, being impacted by the toxic behavior. So you really do need to make sure you're thinking about everybody in the work environment, not just that one person, but of course always treating people with respect and giving them the opportunity um, to grow into, into the role. But, you, you know, sometimes you really just do have to make that change. Absolutely. And now now more than ever in this kind of almost post-pandemic world, we're almost there. Employee appreciation is even more important. Can you tell us why? Yeah. So during the pandemic, there's been so much stress and uncertainty created for, for employees. And, and so employers can counter that by ensuring that they have a positive environment where employees feel recognized and valued. That can counter some of that negativity that's being created, you know, in the external world. If you create a place where an employee, um, they can come to work, they're, they're thanked for the jobs that they do, um, they're, they're recognized, and, and they feel welcome. And that, that can really make a big difference, especially when the world is, is going through a difficult time. And it's so true. And with this pandemic um, crisis we've been going through, everybody's working remotely and it's been wonderful. Has that, do you feel that that has helped, you know, the work environment where people are literally physically avoiding one another? And do you think that people will return to the workplace physically? Do you think that's something that people are going to want to do? Yeah, you know, as far as whether it's good or bad, I think it really depends on, on the work environment. Like I, I can say for my, for my team, you know, we're hungry to come back to the office because we do have a healthy workplace and we believe in collaboration and sharing and learning from each other. So we, we want to come back. Um, but, you know, if there are people who were working in, in negative or toxic work environments, they're going to be really avoidant of, of coming back into the office because they've probably felt some mental health benefits of, of not being in those workplaces. So this is why it's even more important for employers to make sure that they do create healthy work environments that, that employees want, want to go back to. And so everybody working from home has been great. I haven't had that luxury, but it's fine. I loved being in my office. As you said, I have a great team and I feel like my team encourages me every day. But being at home behind a computer, is that also um, a tactic for avoidance uh, if somebody is being bullied? Uh, I think it can be because certainly you're, you're protected. It doesn't protect you 100%. I mean, the thing about bullying is you can hurt somebody who's on the other side of the world um, with your words or by creating threats and fear for them. But it's a lot easier for an employee to, to you know, not look at an email right away or not look at a chat right away that they're afraid is going to hurt them. So they can avoid, avoid that interaction for a time. So certainly working from home for many has made it easier for them to deal with, with a negative workplace. I love it. And I can't thank you enough, Melanie. This has been amazing. And I'm hoping that everybody can either find themselves in a positive workplace or create a positive work environment. Thank you for sharing all of your experience. And I cannot wait to get your book. Um, where can listeners find, what, find out more about you and purchase your book? So they can uh, check me out on my website, which is melaniepump.com. And then I'm also on, on social media. My handle is at melaniepumpcfo. Uh, and I'm also quite active on LinkedIn uh, under Melanie Pump. 
Excellent. And you can find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Makiela or my website, ClaudiaMakiela.com. That's my show for this week. For previous broadcasts of The Wellness Prescription, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thank you for listening. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet, serving you safely in-store, curbside, or online at HealthyPlanetCanada.com. 